Benfica Podcast is one of the founding members of Benfica Independent. Benfica Independent is an independent platform made by fans for fans. And in it, you can find our podcast, along with many other podcasts, along with articles of opinion, video segments, and much, much more. We're also on Patreon at patreon.com backslash Benfica Independent with exclusive contents for our Patreons. Hasta que no estás aquí dentro no sabes la grandeza de, de este equipo. Sí, es un club que tiene una grandeza que no se comprende si no estás aquí dentro. Son de una magia única, benfiquista. Son nos sentimos así. Por muchos desgustos que podamos tener, valores más altos se levantan. O valor mais alto que se levanta em termos futebolísticos chama-se Benfica. Quero o Benfica intimidar o adversário. Quero o um manto sagrado entrar com vocês em qualquer estado. E estados, pá! É isso que eu quero! What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Talking to the Dolby Fika podcast. My name is Alfredo Fumasas. With you, as always, with me, Cristiano. You know what you just reminded me when you're like, what my name I is Alfredo Fumasas. You reminded me of an airplane me. pilot. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. My name is Alfredo Fumasas, and today's flight is going to be... That's what you sounded like. <laughs> That's what I sounded. That was, that's exactly what I was going that, for. That, that, the Calavos, Tranquila, Calminha. That was it. That was it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to flight 1904. Another vote. Flying from Lisbon to Lisbon. No, to uh, Istanbul, bro. Is that where the final is? Yes. To Lisbon to Istanbul. We got clear skies up ahead. We got a little yeah. bit of turbulence about uh, 10,000 feet up. We're going to coast up to 10,000 feet. That's it. <laughs> the flight on your right, you might see Bruno Lodge's ball still the, there the, in Istanbul. The flight attendants after, uh, will. Couple of years. The flight attendants are going to come around the cabin with some bifanas in some small, and uh, some uh, some chocolate mousse for your dessert. Yep. We hope you enjoy your flight. I am your captain. And this is my co-captain, Cristiano Oliveira. Cristiano, these are large passengers. When I have to captain this ship, this ship's going down, ladies and <laughs> gentlemen. It's not a good sign. But what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of the Benfica podcast uh what's the episode dave 469 episode four dave is the numbers guy so for those of you that are new to the podcast dave the Oliveira, dave our the brother Oliveira. up in 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 canada no relation the, the stats okay the stats magician stats magician yes and uh before alfredo i'll pass i'll pass you back the controls of this uh air nav uh, want to say hello to the Freddy. <laughs> I want to say hello to the Freddies in the chat. Welcome, guys, and uh, thank you once again for taking time out of your busy schedule to join us here. On That's the right. Uh, today we're actually uh, coming to you a day earlier. You usually come on on, on Tuesday, but uh, uh, I actually am flying out to Portugal tomorrow. <laughs> Show off. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Show off. You couldn't just say we missed you guys. We wanted to talk to you guys 24 hours earlier. Yeah, but then I wouldn't be telling the truth. Oh damn! 
That's foul. That's the truth, right? You better hope the airplane pilot or any of them stewards are not listening right now. <laughs> All I want is it might be funny and my small. That's it. Uh, Dave DeAlivera, what's happening over there, Dave? What's going on, guys? Do they even still... I, I've never been on a flight where they've served Bifanish. You got to hook me up uh, with this airline that serves Bifanish. I barely get anything uh, flying uh over here in, in canada you got to pay for everything it seems like it's not it's not unless, unless you go on top top is still one of the the better ones you get a you get a sagrish on uh on top you but a if you you're do. flying with you get if a you're flying with any other uh canadian airline to portugal you're uh shit out of luck the only problem with tap dave is that you'll get your sagrish but you might not make it to your destination because they'll lay you over and hold you over for, for like hours and hours and hours. So, But, hey, at least you get your soccer. They drop you off in the middle of the Atlantic, and that's it. That's <laughs> all she wrote. <laughs> anyway, here we are. Episode number 469, as uh, Cristiano mentioned, on uh, on tap tonight. We will uh, recap the Portimonense game. Look ahead to Verzin. Portuguese Cup game uh, this Tuesday or tomorrow as we record this. And also we got a big derby. The, the derby, the... De la Madonina. No, so wrong derby. derby. Su, su, I really do like... Circular. But I do like saying derby de la Madonina. I like saying that. That's the Milan and Inter. But that's not the derby we're talking about. We're talking yeah, about the derby. probably change Madonina for another word. No, but I like the way it sounds. The Madonina. You know what I mean? It's just the whole Italian pronunciation. I get it. It's like saying caralho in Portuguese. <laughs> 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 yeah, it just it just rolls out of your tongue. That, that's right. The derby uh, that happens this weekend against Sporting. We got Hugo in the chat, by the way. He likes to tell everybody I'm looking older. Yeah, and he's saying that I got the Strillers to the start. Yo, oh, it's all guys, pa. Strillers don't start. That's it. That's his. He says el grandel, bro. That's his screen, bro. I told him the stars are crooked. He said, I don't, I don't care. It's okay. It's all right. Hey, the important thing is there's three stars. <laughs> and that Hugo cross-sided. He's cross-sided. He can't see. Yeah. <laughs> I told him the stars are crooked, bro. The stars are crooked, but he said it's okay. It's all right. Nobody's gonna notice except you go. Except you go. <laughs> yeah, so here we are. Uh let's get right into it, man. I hope everybody's doing well. Uh I know we're in, in, in the winter. Uh yeah, I can't wait to the oh Happy my God. New Happy New Year's to everyone. Otravish. You said that last week. I did. We were here last week. Yeah. We were here. Dave, this guy. Shit. This guy, yo, this guy is on such an ecstasy. Think I'm thinking he's on such a high that he's leaving tomorrow that he's forgetting all his numbers and all his dates. No such thing. But listen, um, before you carry on, just last thing. Go ahead. I want, I want, I want to uh, tell the Freddies that yo, feel free send the send the questions. We'll try to give you guys the respostas whenever we can. Brian, but, Pe but Brian Peters just asked you a question. He said, "Boa noite, Meninas." That's asking a question. Yeah, he's asking you if you're a Menina. I'm about to take down the stars. <laughs> live let me change this to live chat so we can see everybody. Yeah, the yes. stars are the stars. If you if you're um if you got ADHD, those stars are bothering you, man. I'm no, turning this don't shit. look, don't I'm look. Turning this shit off just looks awful. No, it's what's wrong, what's wrong with the stars, bro? <laughs> you remember when they did that thing at the at the Holland Tunnel with the Christmas trees and people complained and they had to switch it around? No, you don't remember? No, it was around Christmas. Maybe I'm more of a Lincoln Tunnel a type couple, of guy. A couple of years ago, 
they try to do something with uh, with the letters at the entrance of the Holland Tunnel. They put some Christmas decorations and some giant wreaths, uh-huh. but it didn't match. Like it, it like it was off. One of the wreaths was on top of another letter. Oh, and people were going absolutely berserk with that. I don't know if anybody remembers. For you guys that, that live here in uh, foi escrito pelo um português after a couple of nights out. <laughs> I don't know. De vinho. I think after a while they kind of left it there on purpose just to mess with people. Uh, but anyway, here we are. Enough chit chat. We're just, uh, you know, we like to do a little chit chat in the beginning, get everybody on board. Tatu da quesid, tatu com as pernas quentes, ready to go, and with your fingers warmed up, ready to type the questions. Uh, let's let's talk about uh, Portimonense, right? Benfica returned to Estádio da Luz. Porto B. Huh? Porto B. You, uh, some people <laughs> might say that. Some people might say I'll that. Just clarify. Uh, but yeah, Portimonense. Uh, I'll give you the lineup. Vlaco Dimos was in goal. Ba, Silva, Otamendi, Grimaldo, uh, Tino, Chiquinho, João Mário, Draxler, Arsnes, and Ramos was the starting 11. Uh, Benfica, after the loss at the Pedreira against Braga, needed to respond. Uh, and I thought that they played pretty well, with the exception of they didn't score as many goals as they should have. Chris? It was an improvement from the last game, though, I'll tell you. We we got a feature this this uh, é, isso, this bro. week, but hey, hey no, hey, it's the Chris cam. Okay, but the stars they can see the stars. The stars are They're not gonna complaining about the stars. The stars are not crew. Yeah, this is Chris cam. So it's whenever Chris, Chris is going on one of his, I'm rants, not saying anything today. We're gonna we're just gonna turn it off to uh, turn it on to uh, Chris and his blue eyes. Epa, and. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, here we are. Uh, here we are. Uh, um, let's uh, let's start with uh, with this. Obviously, um, you guys heard us here on the podcast talking about Enzo and and how um, you talk about goals, not scoring, and then go I know, to but I, can't, I I you're like you're worse I'm than the over, stars, I'm bro. All you're all place. over the place. I'm all over the place. Yeah, I'm all over the place. But before we get into the the game, I wanted to talk about Enzo. See, we talked we talked here about Enzo in terms of that that Roger Schmidt needed to protect the team because of Enzo, because there was a good possibility that Enzo was going to get booed and whistled. And I think that that was something that, that Roger Schmidt didn't want. Obviously we gave you the facts, uh, went to Argentina uh, without permission for new years, came back, missed the first couple training sessions of the new year, uh, was obviously uh, punished for it and didn't make uh, the team, but didn't make the 11 or the bench uh, for this game. And I thought that was, that was the right thing. No one's above the club. There's rules and protocols to be followed. And I think that uh, this, was, this was a perfect example of, uh, of, of how, you tr- how you handle a, a situation like this in a professional manner, right? Uh, so if, if I have rules at my job and I miss work and I get suspended as a result, the guy that works next to me, I expect him to have the same treatment if – uh, you know, he were to behave in the same manner. So I, I, I think it's great that Benfica uh, didn't open any precedents, that they followed the rules and the, and the mandates and the protocols that the club has, and as a result, the player got punished. What do you think, Cristiano? Was it the right thing to do? What do I think? I mean, I said last week that's exactly what was going to happen. I said he wasn't playing. He wasn't dressing. There was no way you could put him on the bench. I said at some point they're going to come down and find him. They were going to keep it in-house, and that's exactly what they did. And so, look, credit to Benfica, credit to Roger, credit to Rui for having the the Culhões uh, in a very difficult situation, right? Because as we all talked about, Enzo's head was made up, and it was very delicate. 
and they found a way to, 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 to go around it. So much so that the very next practice, you've seen Enzo posting pictures with the rest of his teammates. Um, obviously, it looks like he's made up with everybody. Um, it, it looks like he's ready to turn the page. I mean, Benfica, I think they made themselves clear. Roger Schmidt came out in his pregame press conference, which was after we did the podcast. Um, obviously, I believe it was Friday, right? The game was Friday. The game was yeah, the game was Friday. So then this was Thursday. What was Thursday? Yeah, the, the press pre, conference. The pregame. The pregame yeah. press conference. And Roger Schmidt was pretty clear, I think. I think he, you know, he told everybody that he was very unhappy about a club that had approached one of his players about the whole shenanigans. And he said, look, we're not willing to sell. We're not interested in selling any player below the release clause. And Benfica stood firm. And they find them, did what they had to do. And I think that sends a clear message to everyone at the club, the youngsters. Um, the veterans, anybody who thinks of pulling off these antics, Benfica is not going to take them lightly. So credit to them. But if I recall, that's exactly what I said was going to happen last week on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> right, no, David? And the thing is that, Dave, he, let me just say this because, I mean, we've been, and I don't want to say victims, but exposed to coaching and guys that whose persona in the media is not what it's supposed to be. To be right, or, or at least not at the height of what I expect for my club. Right, you had George Zouz, and we all know how that went. But he, here's a a guy that completely set the stage. Right, so he gave us the facts. Right, and then after the game, he said he was asked about Enzo. Enzo not being on a team. Right, and he said uh, Enzo did this. He had to go through this disciplinary process. But now it, his slate is clean. He wants to be here with us. And he massaged them a little and, bit. And that's but it. No, no. And he said, we need him. Yeah. We need him. He, and he, we yeah. need him to win a championship. He came in and he did that that masseuse trick, Dave. Yeah. You know, when they dig their fingers into you. And they just, Roger, that's what exactly and what he Roger did. Roger Schmidt handled this perfect, mm -hmm. perfectly, yeah, right? He he had to come down hard on the player, when he, which he did, right? Uh, to set the, the other players in line. Because we've seen in the past with uh, these group of players... Once you start letting uh, the inmates uh, run the uh, the prison uh, yard, it's it's game over with this this club. So, Roger Schmidt was was tough when he needed to be tough, but then also at the end when he handled it in front of the press, he took the he took the player aside. You know, he didn't he didn't really stomp on on him while he was down. If anything, he twisted it around and, and he put the blame on on on, on Chelsea. He didn't name Chelsea. He named uh, the club that. Uh, that was in negotiations with him, but I think uh, this was an A plus uh, class on uh, media relations by Roger Schmidt. So yeah. if, he, if he's putting out any te textbooks out there, make sure uh, any uh, inspiring coaches you uh, pick those up there. Yeah, the, and the biggest thing is after the game, you you send a clear message to the fans, right? Because there was fans that were ready to to boo, uh, to boo and and, and whistle. Enzo, right? But you send a clear message. He's he's a he's a good boy. He's happy to be here, and we need him to win the championship. We need him to win the championship. That means not only him, but me, Cristiano, Dave, all the Freddies on the chat, everybody that's a Mifika fan knows that we need him to win the championship. And the fact that he said he wants to be here, right? He wants to be here. That's perfect. That's perfect because you set the stage now 
that that there's a very small probability there's always those knuckleheads right but there's a small a small probability that people are going to boo and whistle Enzo next time he's on the field right so he set it up perfectly Dave I, and and I couldn't have thought of a better way uh and the thing about him coming out and said look um the price was the price uh Chelsea you know made an agreement with the with the player without even having the resources to make this negotiation because the price was the price. And as it turns out, as we found out, I think that Chelsea showed up with $85 million and, and and some players. And no, that's not the price. Uh, and I thought it was, it was great by Schmidt once again. You know, all the shit that you've heard in the media throughout the week, story this, story that, Enzo doesn't want Benfica, Enzo wants to leave now, he doesn't no longer wants to play. All that narrative that you get fed by the media and and you get upset because you think this is the truth, but the fact is that there's always three sides to every story. And now all of a sudden, we're finding out all the facts. We're finding out all the facts that, no, it was never like that. And Enzo wants to be here. Uh, and Enzo, he did, in fact, miss practices. He got disciplined for it. But he wants to be here. He wants to be a part of this team. And we need Enzo. And I, and I think that couldn't have been um, a better press conference, both before and after the game by Roger Schmidt, that really that really set the stage in terms of what uh, how Enzo – mean what Enzo means to this team and and how Enzo is viewed by this team or should be viewed by this team not only by the locker room and his teammates but also by the fans and I thought it was it was a complete masterclass by Roger Schmidt uh, one of the many that he's he's already given in his short time of um that he's been at Benfica but let's get into the game though um so quick start by Benfica uh, penalty right in the ninth in the ninth minute. Joe might put that away, and and usually I, I think that with the team wanting to answer so quickly, and we saw the way the team started in in terms of uh, wanting to show the fans that hey, uh, this thing with Braga was 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 just a an odd thing, an outlier for us. We really we really are the team that you've seen, and we're capable of much more. And I think that the team wanted it right away. They started fast, got that, got that goal, and it's a good thing that they got that goal because the the biggest thing I think is sometimes the team with that anxiety to 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 respond um, and not getting the goal, which we saw throughout the game that Benfica clear uh, 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 had plenty of chances but couldn't couldn't convert them. So as it's a good thing that we scored that goal because had we not scored that goal. Uh, now, as the clock tick, uh, the clock ticks, it starts playing against us, and I think that players start getting more anxious. Uh, we did get a second penalty um, that Auschwitz missed, uh, and I, I got to be honest, David, I don't know how you saw this, but uh, I thought that Joe Mari was lucky that the keeper didn't save that penalty, his penalty, because I thought it wasn't it wasn't struck uh, very well. Uh, the keeper got a hand to it, but it still got past him, uh, and I don't think. Uh, I don't know if maybe he felt that he wasn't feeling it that that day, uh, and he uh, obviously there's a pecking order, uh, but maybe he said, um, "Auschwitz, you take it," right? So I don't, yeah, I don't I think, know. What, I you think, think that's what I think that's exactly what happened there, uh, Alfredo. 
Uh, João Mario ultimately scored, but it wasn't the greatest of penalties taken. It was just slightly off to the the uh, goalie's right hand side. João Mario's left, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and then, uh, like you said, keeper did get a hand to it, but did not uh, make the save. We get the goal. So, and it, and it's not like this was later on in the game. This is another ten minutes that goes by. So, um, I think uh, it's it's easy here to second guess. Uh, now that we saw what happened with Arshness's PK, but I, at the time I was uh, I was on board with with that. The only thing that that um, quite I have questions is usually you you get like your striker to take these PKs, but I know these these uh, are trained uh, on uh, at the training camp in terms of uh, penalties, and they probably have uh, training sessions for it. So who knows? Maybe it goes Juan Mario and Arshness, but. Um, Arshness pretty much mimicked the exact same type of penalty that João Mario took, but the uh, keeper got a hand on it uh, instead this uh, second time uh, around. But um, good good thing for us that we ended up getting that uh, João Mario PK goal in the eighth minute because, like you said, it uh, it wasn't so much of a struggle uh, for creating chances, but God was it ever a struggle to put those yeah. chances uh, away and. And uh, this game shows you anything is we really need somebody with uh, that uh, finishing touch there in the uh, that striker position. Yeah. And Roger Schmidt was asked after the game uh, about the why there was a change. And he said that the decision was made on the field. It wasn't his instructions. So I, I get what um, I, I get to what Nick is saying, Nick was saying maybe it was a short of support. I, I don't think that was, I just thought that Dromati didn't hit all that, that all that well. And perhaps he's not feeling it. And, and look, if, if you've played, there's, there's times that you don't feel it, that your touch is a little loose. Uh, and then there's other times that you, you know, that you, you're on. Right. So I don't know if that's, the, that was the case with, uh, with Dromati, uh, uh, but certainly, you know, there's a pecking order, and sh- I think that Shikinu is even in in that list or that short list of of penalty takers. When uh, and he's taken some already, I've seen him. But I, I don't know if it's so much as a support as Juan Mario saying, "Hey, uh, take that, take that," because I'm just not feeling it. But I get it. It could have been a support also. But I, I don't know if at this point Enzo needs the support. I think that en- uh, Enzo uh, Auschnis needs the support. I think that that Auschnis, um, as cemented uh, a place on this team with his um, with with the multifaceted mid center midfielder that he could be, right? Uh, and if you watch the game, you saw that Befica or Roger Schmidt deployed him uh, much higher uh, than what he usually plays, right? He usually plays next to Tino, or, or he plays on on one of the the sides. And this time, he played behind Ramsh. And the reason for that is because. He has more, um, he has more of a lung, and he has more of intensity in terms of, in terms of pressing. And I think that's what Benfica needed. Uh, while they usually have Rafa who could cover a lot of ground because a lot of, he has a lot of speed, Shikinu is not the guy that's going to press guys because he's just he's a guy that he has the lung, he has the stamina, but he doesn't have that that speed to cover ground to get to places. To uh, to press, and I thought it was brilliant uh, to put Auschwitz there. Uh, and again, look, uh, I think that 
we've spoken several times here about Roger Smith and, and how Roger Smith continues to impress us. But it's, it's a perfect example how he looks at his team and regardless of not having a lot of options for the center midfield, he, he, he has found out players and players' traits and players' positioning that help this team the best. Uh, and I think you can't take that away from him. So, I don't know, Dave. What, what do you th- I mean, aside from all the the, the wasted goals, and, and trust me, there were a lot of wasted goals. What did you think of the game? Or wasted chances? I, I said, I, 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 if I'm not mistaken, I did say it was going to be a, a one nothing score line. I thought that the only hope and uh, saving grace in this game was that we were creating chances, right? If you just look at the scoreline and see one nothing, you would have thought that it was a, a struggle. But really, we controlled uh, this game. I'm looking at the stats here. 71% possession, 26 shots, 12 shots on, on net. Um, but really, we just lacked that that finishing um, effort there, especially with a guy uh, of uh, Gonzalo Ramos, where yeah. um, if I'm not mistaken, a couple of Freddies in the chat last week were saying they'd rather him uh, Ramos stay compared to to Enzo, which I I think is is ludicrous. But uh, and I'm sure like he'll 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 have some some suitors here coming in the in the summertime, and we'll uh, we'll cash uh, a check off him, but. He really lacks that that killer uh, finishing finisher instinct, and uh, I really hope. But I don't. I'm not going to hold my breath on it. But I would really hope that we uh, we bring in a, another striker here in this transfer window. But um, I don't see that happening. Um, just how this team has operated in past uh, January transfer windows. Yeah. But yeah, that would be my my hope. There. That's what we all hope. And and the thing is that. <clears throat> And Seferovic used to waste a lot of goals, but he was just like, he was a little bit clumsy at times. Just didn't have the touch to put away those goals. But that I don't think that's the case with Gonzalo Ramos. He had a couple free headers that he could have put away. Uh, he had a couple other. T- he had one flick that that hit the keeper on the chest. Um, so he had a couple of chances, but it just it just that that finisher. He just not doesn't have certain finishing skills that, I mean, we've seen in players like, and I hate to go back, Cardozo, Janos, even Mitrovic. They had, they just had that, that killer instinct where they could, with uh, very few chances, they could put balls away. Uh, and I think that it's it's proven that Gonzalo Ramos now, with a lot of chances, is, is probability of putting the ball in the net is, is, is low. Um, but that's not to say that he doesn't put himself in a position to to score and to put balls away. He's just not finishing, uh, as is the whole the whole team, right? So Musa came in, same problem. Uh, Enrique Rouge got some time, uh, and albeit not enough time, but same problem. Uh, so we had a couple a couple guys that m- missed out. Um, I thought that Auschwitz had a, had a couple good chances too that he could have put away. Shomari, same thing, had a good save by the keeper. So there was there was a bunch of chances there uh, that we could have put away. And and I think that as this game develops, Dave, and and we're watching the game, we're training a couple messages on on a chat. Um, somebody said, oh, actually, I think that Cristiano was saying was saying that I I already know 
this is going to be a one nothing result, and we're going to go down to the end where we're going to have our, our backs against the wall and we're going to be suffering because, it's you know, Portimonense, uh, maybe they'll score a goal on a set piece, and I think that one of the only chances that they had was on a set piece. Uh, and then all of a sudden, our backs are against the wall, and, and that's one of the things that when you play at a high level at the Champions League and you don't put goals away, you, you're going to get you're going to get found out somebody's going to is going to put them away and then you're going to be in trouble. So I think it, it's worrisome. It's worrisome that Benfica doesn't have somebody that could that can't put these uh these balls away uh when we create such a huge volume of uh offensive chances. And now now that's also with saying um as we discussed we had a couple of our our starters off uh, from this match Rafa and so so maybe if those guys are in they score a couple too and then it just puts a, it takes a little bit pressure off these other guys here but it wasn't it wasn't a good performance uh, in terms of the finishing in this uh this match the overall chances and, and the uh, offensive plays that were created it was it was great it was much more of a uh, it was much more of a dominant game than the one line one nil scoreline shows but that uh, that lack of finishing is um, a little bit worrisome. But like I'm I'm more likely to give them a pass just because of uh, some of those key players that were were missing um, this past weekend. But um, yeah. three and, points, and at the end of the yeah, day, that's uh, that's the you're most have to scrap through thing. some of these uh, these greasy wins and, and just move on to the next game. I think that three points is the most important thing after lo- dropping points at the Pedreira. Right, and especially with Sporting on the horizon, uh, and apparently Porto and Sporting are on the up and up. They're playing such great football after the break that uh, they're on a tear. But apparently, that's that's not the case. Sporting continues to be the usual Sporting that you know we've seen. That after Christmas, uh, you know, shit goes goes uh, goes <laughs> goes nuts. Uh, but the the thing is that it was important for Benfica, but it's not the, the first game that we've seen the team sh- put a good enough volume of chances and not put balls away. Um, and I think, what, what was it against, uh, was it Mureres? Against the, uh, yeah, for the, the, for the, the league Casa, right? That uh, the keeper stood on there. I mean, the keeper w- was great in that, but all the chances, we have to put them away, man. You know, a team of Benfica's caliber has to have a guy that puts chances away, especially because Roger Schmidt's style, right, and, and, and game idea is something that's very vertical and very balanced forward. There's a lot of guys that appear in the final third uh, ready to finish or ready to, to, to make something happen. Um, but I did enjoy uh, the fact that the team was playing around. I, the combinations in the final third, uh, uh, quick combinations to get past guys to create mismatches I, I i absolutely loved it we just i just missed the the finish touch the finishing touch which is which is a shame because you know when it when you play that grade of of a match and that great of quality uh of game you you cut the the goals are kind of this cherry on top of it uh and i think that even though we won one nothing and i'm happy that we won I, I'm kind of left uh, with a, a, almost like a um, an empty feeling where I felt that Benfica could have scored two, three goals, maybe four goals on this Portimonense team. We did create that many and, and, chances. 
Yeah, I mean, like, small sample size here, but two goals in their last three games, too, right? And I believe Goal Point had posted something about Benfica was averaging over two over two goals a, a game um, prior to the uh, the World Cup stoppage. And could be rust, could be a number of different factors here, but early early and small sample size, but uh, they got to work on uh, finishing those those chances and, and start putting those uh, goals away again. Yeah. And I'm sure there's finishing training. I'm sure there's finishing sessions that's taking place at the Seychelles. I, j- I just, I don't know. Uh, maybe we got to go to the Brucia because there's something going <laughs> on. But, you know, I, I don't know, man. It's, uh, Befica needs to put these chances away because other than that, I mean, you're just creating, creating, and creating. You're not putting chances away that it just, it's, it's frustrating. It's frustrating to see it. Um, but as you mentioned, Dave, Three points, most important. Porto drops points. Sporting drops points, um, and and here we are. When we thought ev- everybody was thinking that we were going to go on a downward spiral uh, after that Braga game, uh, and then we we're going to lose Enzo, and here we are, uh, still on top, back to our winning ways. Enzo still with us, and now we got uh, a couple important games. On the horizon. Let's start with. Uh, oh, give us the stats on this uh, Portimonense game, Dave. Yeah, João Mario scored his 11th of the uh, season, sixth in the uh, league competition, uh, which happened to also be his 150th match in the uh, the Portuguese uh, league. Uh, Benfica, prior to uh, Enzo's, uh, not Enzo, Arshness miss, had converted 27 penalties uh, in a row. So, time to build up uh, a new streak here. And um, as I alluded to earlier, Benfica, complete domination, but lacked that finishing uh, touch. 26 shots, 12 of those on target, uh, but only one at the back of the net. Yeah, I mean, you're looking at the stats of this game as just like overwhelming Benfica. Uh, and the scoreline is so short uh, that, you know, it's an, an indication of uh, some a little bit of frustration that uh, we have in terms of fans and Benfica not putting it away. Um, turning our attention now to uh, Portuguese Cup. Benfica will travel up north to the Povo de Verzin to play Verzin. Uh, Verzin is what, in the second league, Dave, if I'm not mistaken? Yeah. Third, third league, third, third division. League. So, yeah, below the second uh, wow. division there. They're in, they're in the uh, Portugal Championship, I think that's what's called. Um, the, uh, the, yeah, one of the... Well, they they have like the third league, and then they have like the the A league, B league, C league. Oh yeah, but it's yeah. the third division. But here's a, a and the game happens this this Tuesday. But here's a a curious thing, and and, and Dave, I guess you you want to go into it. But uh, our friend Baquero uh, tweeted uh, the last what was it ten or fifteen games that we played against uh, Verzin. Yeah, not not so much in our in our favor. Yeah, um, but Dave, uh, Dave, go through yeah. that. When was the last time we beat Verzin? So last time we played them was back in 2007, February 2007, for uh, the Tasa as well. We also lost 2-1 um, during that fixture. Uh, that was the quarterfinals of the Tasa back in 2007. Um, prior to, to that, uh, the last five, uh, two wins, one draw, two defeats. So uh, we haven't played them uh, in over close to 15 uh, years, but previously to that, our last five um, 
not so favorable with only two wins and a draw and, and two defeats uh, against what, the side. Historically, the, the last three, the last three were all ties, right? The last, uh, let me bring that up. Uh, no, there was a, a win in there and then another defeat uh, in 2002. Yeah, so it hasn't been the best record against Verzine. Uh, and, and look, if I'm uh, Roger Schmidt, uh, I'm I'm printing that uh, the, just the the history of results that we had with Verzine to send a clear message to the team that uh, you know this this can't happen. We're 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 playing against a third uh, a third level team, and uh, we have to show our dominance um, because we're the dominant team and we're the favorites here, regardless of whether we're playing at home or not. So uh, just a, just another game uh, in the Portuguese Cup that uh, Benfica uh, has failed to win the Portuguese Cup now for, for quite some time now, and, and we need to get back to the Jamor or whatever they'll play it uh, to, to uh, play the Portuguese Cup and to win it because it's a trophy that eludes us or that has eluded us for quite some time. So uh, just go out there and win. Dave, do you think that uh, Enzo plays tomorrow? Uh, I would I would get him back into the the mix here, and from what I've read is they're going to go with their their strongest uh, eleven, yeah. which um, which you got to you got to compliment uh, Schmidt for. I know sometimes in the past we've, we've talked about uh, squad rotation and giving some guys uh, some rest, but really uh, we need the we've had rest for the last month in. And since the the World Cup started, right? So it's getting the the engine back going with these guys and getting them clicking on all cylinders, um, especially because we do have a a big game this uh, this weekend, right? But get uh, get the strongest eleven out there, uh, build some confidence uh, going into the weekend. Yeah, sorry guys, I'm I'm having a hard time keeping up with the chat because uh, Cristiano Cristiano just stepped away for a little bit. Uh, but Nick is saying does Neta still have an an injury? So. Um, Roger Schmidt was asked at the end of the game against uh, Portimonense uh, what was the status on, on Neres, and Roger Schmidt said that the medical department had only allowed uh, or told them that Neres is only allowed to play 10 minutes. Uh, so that's what uh, he followed. He followed the, the medical department's uh, instructions, and that's what he played. Will he play against Verzi? Probably not. I think that he'll probably give him a little bit more rest. He'll give him a week's rest to be fresh against Sporting. At least I would if I if I would be Roger Schmidt, uh, if I was Roger Schmidt. But uh, I think that, uh, you know, I always ask the question, do you think there's going to be some rotation? But we already know the answer to that. Roger Schmidt does not rotate squads. He plays with his strongest 11 at all times, and I love that. I love that because your most important game is always your next game. Uh, so you need to approach, you know, your next game as your most important game. So put in your most important players as long as, you know, you have faith in them and or whoever you're bringing from the bench, you have faith in them. But I don't expect to see a, a very large number of, of turnover or rotation against Verzine. As a matter of fact, I think that we'll play our strongest 11. I, I don't even think that uh, Elton Milk will come in because he hasn't. No. So. Oh. Yeah, Roger Schmidt just don't mess around. It's the strongest eleven. It's the strongest eleven. We don't we don't mess around. We worry about the game that's in front of us, and then we will worry about Sporting. 
All right, thirty. Which well, I think I think they were doing the opposite this this past uh, weekend. They already had their eye towards uh, the game against us and, and not taking care of business uh, in Madeira, but that's that's for another that's, that's uh, their problem. podcast. Yeah, yeah, because you know you go into Maritim, Maritim, Maritim is is dead last, if I'm not mistaken. Se- second last. Second. They might have been dead last going into that that game, but I'm pretty second. sure they had. Yeah, I think that yeah. only Pasfreda was uh, was under them with only two points, yep. and Pasfreda got another point this weekend, I think. But uh, yeah, I mean, there's always a a chance that you look a little bit past an easy game. We always call it a trap game, and 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 look, you wanted to come to Stade Luge and be able to claw back three points and get closer, right? But now. Um, you're coming into uh, Stadio losing in a situation where um, if you don't win, it's hasta la vista, baby, uh, for Sporting. Because uh, right now, what, they're 12 points behind? They're 12 points behind. It's, it might already be that uh, for them. I know that we still got a yeah, second half of the season to play. but Yeah, but uh, you think about it, and they got to they gotta get gain points on, on Porto. They got to gain points on Braga. They got to gain points on Benfica. That's a lot of points. It's not like they're 12 points and they're in second place. They only got one team uh, ahead of them. But, I mean, 12 points. I think that they come in, they're going to come into Stadio Luz and they're going to they're gonna need to understand what the importance of this game is to Sporting. And the same thing for Benfica. Benfica has a chance here um, to really put away Sporting for good for the rest of the championship and not have to worry about Sporting. Uh, and I and I think that Bifika needs to do it. Uh, playing at Stadio Luz in those beautiful new LED lights uh, that everybody's bragging about it, and I can't wait to see it this weekend. Uh, but certainly I think that uh, Bifika needs to be at the, um, at the height of, uh, of this game and really bring the game to Sporting. And hopefully we we can we can put things away, goals away, I should say. Dave, what are you, what are your thoughts on this game? Uh, I think do you think we're more than capable of winning, or do you think that perhaps the underdog um, role for Sporting is going to suit them in this case? Oh, we're 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 on we're on Sporting, right? We're done with uh, Verzim. Yeah, we're done with Verzim. Uh, with Sporting, it, it's it's hard to to tell, right? Because re- you can look at it from two ways. One, they might they might already be out of the title picture, so they have nothing to to lose. Um, so they can they can come in and and go full on uh, attack with uh, with nothing to lose, as they're like we've already alluded to, twelve points uh, behind, and still have other teams, multiple teams uh, ahead of them. Or you can look at it the other uh, way, where they they are a wounded dog coming into um, to this match. I'm I'm still not um, certain which Sporting we're going to see, but as uh, as Chris always uh, says, whatever form you're you're coming into uh, into a derby, whatever is going on before the derby, throw it out the window because at the end of the day, it's a it's a, a derby and emotions uh, get involved and. Um, you can come into the Derby uh, winless in five and come away with the three yeah. points, right? So uh, it's going to be interesting to see, but uh, hopefully uh, our finishing gets gets uh, better and we're able to uh, score some goals early for uh, for my nerves here. Yeah, no, I, I think that uh, very early an early goal would kind of would help. 
But, I, you know, I, I think that the way that Sporting has to approach this game is that they need to come at us. Um, I expect Sporting to, to press high. And I think that Benfica will have to... Um, We'll have to be able to to beat that press, to get out of that press. But I, I do think that Sporting is not going to sit back. Sporting is not going to defend because they need a win. Uh, and regardless of whether or not a, a win um, gets them closer, and even at nine points, there's still nine points, right? Uh, but you still had the whole second half to, to play. Uh, Benfica still has to play Braga. Benfica still has to play Porto uh, and have to play Sporting again. So... Sporting at nine points, there's still a little bit of a, a glimmer of of hope, right? Uh, but I think that Sporting needs to come out and 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 come out at Benfica. And usually, it's not really uh, something that we see typically from Sporting coming to style losing and having uh, to be the 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 one team with the initiative. But I think in in this case, uh, and perhaps that, that happened last year. That happened last year too. Yeah, they uh, that was the. Uh... That was the beginning of the end for uh, JJ. That was the beginning oh, of yeah. December, and we lost three uh, one. Uh, I think it was three three goals in the first half by Sporting, if yeah. I'm uh, not mistaken. There, so yeah, that's so, uh, so maybe that's on the back of my head. There, yeah. a little uh, a little history. Yeah, that's uh, so a little bit of concern. They'll take a little bit of inspiration off of that and uh, and see what they could do. But certainly, I think that uh, I think it's going to play in Bifika's favor. But also, Dave. Let's not let's not forget that this is a different Benfica than JJ's Benfica, right? Uh, so maybe that's where the the difference lies. But when you're being pressed high, you're being pressed high. It's it's going to be a difficult game for Benfica. Uh, you're going to be pressed high. The guys that 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 operate or that pull the strings are going to be uh, well marked, uh, regardless of whether man to man or or zonal. They're going to be well marked. They're not going to have a lot of a lot of time to. Um, uh, to 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 make plays to decide well, uh, but I think that uh, I think that Benfica is at the uh, at the height that we at the level that we need him to be, and I think that I, I'm feeling confident about this game, and I think that uh, Benfica will do well. Um, maybe Benfica, uh, maybe Sporting will be a little bit over eager uh, for this game because they they need the result worse than than Benfica needs it, uh, but Benfica needs to recognize that this is. A chance that they have to just just put out Sporting. That's it. Put them out. Put them out to pasture for the rest of the year. Uh, and it would be great. It would be great if you could get rid of Sporting and the and the first round is not even over yet. So, yeah, fifteen points would be a lot to to overcome. Even at that point, there. I'm trying to think. Champions League might even be out of a Champions League spot might be out of the uh, the conversation for yeah for them, but no because still, I think uh, it's uh, still half uh, only, the season to go. Yeah, only the the top two that go uh, into the Champions League. I don't know if the third goes into uh, some kind of a prelim. Um, the playoff or not, right? Playoff or something like I don't. I'm not really sure. Uh, but I, I did hear somebody saying that only the two uh, top ones go through. Uh, but that was the case last season, too. And then Befica was in third and, and they were able to qualify. So maybe the first gets an automatic an automatic end and then the second one has to play the, the qualification. I don't know how that that goes. Maybe Cristiano would know, but he's not here right now. Um, 
but yeah, I'm 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 curious. I think it's gonna be a good match. I think that uh, um, I'm curious to see how uh, how Hubert Nemorin sets up this team, um, and also Roger Schmidt, uh, obviously. Uh, and I think, like you said, Dave, a derby is a derby, and regardless of what team is doing better than the other, uh, derby is a derby. There's always uh, extra loads of motivation. For the players, what what, what are the Freddies thinking on uh, on the chat? And give us a give us a shout in terms of what you guys think. Uh, uh, what you guys think the the result will be? Robert Fernandez is saying top two automatic UCL spot. Yeah, I don't know about the the third one. If the third one gets a qualifier or not, I think. I think I think we be. might be okay with the Russian suspension that's going. On. I'm yeah, not third, sure, you... but I know that. The the Dutch are also passing have been passing us um, in the coefficient too, but I don't know when that that goes into effect. If that would be for the twenty twenty three twenty twenty four Champions League, or if it's the Champions League after that, but I yeah. think we should we're still okay. Yeah, because those things are usually like a couple years down the road is when you kind of, the the results of the coefficient is uh is when you you, you kind of feel them a couple years down the road. Cristiano, um, top two automatic UCL berths, right? Uh, third goes to a qualifier. Is that is that your understanding for Champions League? For the Portuguese League? Yeah. Yeah, I think one more year. At least this upcoming. One more year, it's like that. I think this upcoming season. Yeah, I think Holland is... If they didn't take over, they're very close to That's taking That's what they, they were saying, that Holland's been doing well. Yeah, to, yeah, yeah. Gaining some points on us. Russia has been basically eliminated, off the, so we can't yeah. count on those Russians. But the problem is that this, this the stupid coefficient, it's it's just, it's exactly that. It's stupid. So I, I complain about this here. Dave, if you recall on a podcast last year, towards the end of last year, when I talked about the coefficient, which was, so now you have this... Um, What's that shit call that Mourinho won and he was crying? The the conference. Oh, conference league. Conference league. So now you have Champions League, Europa League, and Conference League, right? And I, and I gave the example last year here. Benfica goes into Torino and beats Juventus and gets, I don't know what the correct point uh, is, the, the, the awarded points, but let's just say for, for shits and giggles, six points for the victory, right? For beating Juventus and Torino in a Champions League match. If you beat... Somebody, whatever, home, away, doesn't matter. And they don't believe you get the same six points. And the worst part about it is this, what's the conference league you call? So it, it, you get the Nac Bredas, the PSVs, these other teams, that, 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 that you know, the uh, uh, AZ Akmars, whatever, from Holland who were whooping on the competition in this, con in this conference league. And they're accumulating six points. I don't know what the correct point. Guys, I know someone you correct me. I don't know. I'm just saying it right now. It's whatever the point, the, the, the points it is yeah. for being awarded. They're getting the same amount of points in a, for a conference league victory That's that crazy. they're getting for a Champions League victory. And so, therefore, Portuguese teams, it's really just Benfica and Porto that are making any type of points. And then where in Holland they had like five teams that were alive and going deep in these in these in these uh, yeah the our Portuguese leagues. teams haven't been doing anything in no. uh, in the conference league the last two seasons they've been getting some some very tough draws in the the first and, and second rounds uh, against some bigger teams that are more of uh, Europa League type of caliber so we haven't had the draws going going our way in that that conference league but but yeah that's that's exactly where the uh, the Dutch are are making their point 
conferences, having all their teams in uh, in the competition, and then they're going far in the conference league and Europa League uh, as well. Yeah, it makes absolutely no sense. Yeah, it, it makes absolutely no sense. Yeah, Robert saying, uh, Robert Fernandez saying, uh, uh, top two automatic, third UCL qualification. Yeah, it is this four year. Four and fifth conference league qualification spot. Yeah, but I think it'll change next year. So, or if it's not, it was very close. But it's still, it, again, the, the point, the way they award points for these competitions, it's it's absolutely ridiculous. And uh, Portugal, I mean, we've all known for, for, for many, many years now, Portugal's a three-team league. Um, whether when it's Sporting that's alive or Braga, whichever one, it's still a three-team league. Um, and throughout these European competitions, the league does not do a very good job of scoring points for the league. And therefore... Oh, uh, yeah. we're always going to be in these battles. We're always going to be in yeah. these battles. This season has been uh, an exceptional season with uh, both Porto and uh, and Benfica in the knockout rounds, and Sporting also doing doing well in Europe. Uh, but Nick Valadão now said, our hope is is uh, Braga drop down to the Conference League. So if Braga can do some damage and make a run to the Conference League, that's Portugal's only coefficient hope uh, there. Oh, it's Braga, on Braga on picking up some of those. League. In the coffee in the the conference league. Yeah, Nick Villadon is saying I feel like uh, we were talking about Sporting, by the way, Chris. I, I feel uh, and many Sorry. many many Villadon is saying, damn, Chris, that was a long deuce. Um, so you really waited to read that dumbass message? No, he just <laughs> you he validated just something dumb by making it, it even was, dumber. But it was but. funny. Uh, I feel like uh, Sporting will will come after us. Their season is on the line here. And it would be a fant fantastic opportunity to put them away for good. Yeah. Who said, who said their season's on the line? Nick Villadell. Nick. Th their season is done, Nick. What well, line? Even if they win this this week, there'll be nine points. It's done. Forget about on the line. Their season's been done. That, hey, I was telling Dave earlier, if they if they were in second place and they had 12 points, right? What do you mean they had 12 points? They were 12 points behind. 12 points behind. They were in second place, 12 yeah. points behind Benfica, right? Yeah. If, they beat, if they beat Benfica... Right, it would have made their season. Points. It would have made their season. No, but listen, uh, nine points away. Right, they still they know that Benfica still has to play Porto, Benfica still has to play Braga, and Benfica still has to play Sporting. So those could be nine points that could be had. Oh, now at twelve points and in fourth place, you have to gain points on Porto, you have to gain points on Braga, you have to gain points on Benfica. So as you mentioned, their season may as well be done. Kavopa. Or maybe their season now is champ is the, is getting a third place oh, for Champions League. They are focused. They are ultra focused on Sunday. That's their objective. That was their trap game last week against Maritimo, where they slipped up and lost one zero in Madeira. Um, you know they've been looking forward to this game for as long as they can remember. This is their season. This is what they look up to. This is what they look forward to. This is what they want is to come into Stade de Luz and hopefully be still looking at the stars. <laughs> They're straight, bro. <laughs> to me, they look straight. I don't know about you guys. What's wrong with them? They're None little... of them are straight. What do you mean? They're a little curvy. I mean, They're what? a little curvy. This, this one's fucked up. Oh, that's... Wait, you can't twist it, dummy. You got to actually, like... You're totally shut. Uh, see, you broke it. You, yo, you break it, you yeah, pay for I it. I fixed it. Okay. <laughs> but what's wrong with them being... That's even worse. <laughs> I know. It's, you should have left it the way it was. <laughs> Yeah, but we're talking about uh, we're talking about Sporting and how this is an extremely important game for Sporting that they're going to come at us. Why? Probably they're 12 high. points behind. You, you think they're just going to lay down? 
It's not about no. Who lays down when they play Benfica? Just look at this Japanese goalkeeper on Sunday, on Saturday, Friday, whatever the hell we've played already. I forgot. Look at this Japanese goalkeeper that played against Benfica. He, my man looked like uh, Matt what Ochoa from the World Cup. <laughs> my man came in with the Ochoa form. Sure not, Dave. He looked like a superstar. Yeah. And then, and then Arsenal's made him look good, and everybody else was making him look good. And and and, and Gonzalo Ramos, even when the goalie wasn't in the goal, he was shooting it wide. It, it just yeah, man. It's one of those days. One of those days. It's a good thing I didn't talk much about you that missed, game yeah, because you missed that topic. there's not much. There's not much positives. Not many positives I can say about that one game. But look, we did control the game for the most part. It felt like one of those games that we've seen Benfica, unfortunately, play too many of these, which was we, we, we'd control the game, control the game, but we, we we didn't take advantage of our opportunities. And before you know it, the team comes down once and, and they level the game, they tie the game, and, and then we we have a hard time. We, well, you don't want to see the stars, bro. Leave the stars. There you go. But, yeah, it felt like one of those games that Befica was going to be in trouble at some point. But, you know, to their credit, they didn't. The very dominating game in terms of statistics. But we need to put the ball in the back of the net. And we have not done a good job of that lately. I agree. I it's agree. been like, well, we it's had, been like we three had months. So, we had this whole conversation already, Chris. All right, but I clarify for everybody. <laughs> I I, wanted, I I was curious <laughs> to what your take was going to be. My take is we need a new striker. We need a new everybody winger. Everybody knows that. I don't know. That dude's got cement for feet. Every time. Bro, I'm yeah, telling you. We're talking guys, about a renewal. Guys, we're guys. We're talking about finish, finishing his career yeah, at Benfica. Yeah, I know. <laughs> guys, guys. <laughs> let, let me explain a little something to you, right? The easiest ball to kick. Is a, a pass a back, rolling ball. a rolling ball, just smooth. Yo, that, that shit just bounces right off your foot. You don't even have to put power. It's behind. the easiest ball to kick. Yet, Vlaco Demos makes it seem the most difficult kick in the history of football every time the ball is packed. He always gets it off the side of his foot, and it like, it, 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 I don't know, dude. It's just, come on, Vlaco. You can do so much better. Alfredo, what's the easiest ball to kick? <laughs> the one that's rolling towards you. That shit's so easy. I always loved those. Those were the best. It's you so don't even easy have to put power. To do. You just have to. You just have to get it nice. Get it nice and, like, and square on the bro, ball. What's, you just got to just hit it. Just rolling hit towards it you. properly. Coming. When you were a baby, and you learned how to play. And it was the rolling. first fucking thing that you did was the ball was rolling rolled to you. To you. It you was the easiest it. kick. You just kick it. Yeah, but he makes it seem difficult every single week. Um, do you think when he plays with his daughter, his daughter kicks it better than him as he rolls it to her? Dude, I'm not gonna. I got a daughter. I'm not gonna make daughter jokes. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's not a minute. It's just establishing. You know, maybe not. But watch out, SOBs is what the f are you are you about with Adi? What what are you about with what are you about? Like, what does that mean? Like, what am I bitching about? I think yeah. so, right? Yeah. He sucks, mate. <laughs> he sucks, mate. He's rubbish. Um. I know that this this thing about him renewing and finishing his career at uh, at Benfica really has me alarmed. Come on, bro, stop Don't do man. this to me, no, man. Stop. Yo, Don't do this. Alfredo, you and I have these conversations every every other week. And Dave, I, I think I've told you a few times. Please stop paying attention to the coppers, bro. I don't pay attention to half of the stuff these guys say. <laughs> Are you showing this? Is it actually going oh, live? Yet. Oh, not yet. Oh, damn! You got this whole 
all squared up. Chris Cam, new angles. The, the whole time I was waiting stars. for you, I was setting shit up. I had time to do shit. Now the stars, I I gotta give you the credit. I can't give. I can't take the credit for the stars. stars. Look perfect to me. It's three of them. That's all. Doesn't matter where the they go. Stars are lining up. The stars are lining up, baby, for thirty eight. Wow, dude. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah. What uh, you guys wanna wanna risk a prediction for the derby? Epa, what about Verzin? We already went through that. Verzin is important. Verzin is very important. For the one millionth time here on the Benfica podcast, ladies and gentlemen, I'm gonna say Benfica's got three three thousand Portugal like what seems fifty eight years. It's important that we bring this connect back to the loose. Yeah. But it seems a team that knocked out boarding. Correct? Right, Dave? That's correct. That's correct. <sighs> Look at that. It's just all these sporting connections. Benfica. You're going to go back on, on last week's predictions? Yeah, I'm I'm just I'm copy-pasting them to my notes. You could go ahead. You could say it. I was wrong. No, we we got to give credit to where credit is due. Well, everybody was wrong. What no. was the credit? You said 3-1. Oh, Dave said 1-0. Dave said 1-0. Oh, Dave did say 1-0. And I said 3-0. Grand Dave. No, you said 3-1, bro. No, you said 3-0. You said 3-1. I was going to do 4-0, but then I, f- I remember Rafa wasn't playing. <laughs> so I switched to 3-1. <laughs> and, bro, and look, it could have been. I, I don't understand. It should have been. It should have been. It should have been more. Uh, I don't understand. Like, I, why was Arsenal taking that PK? Well, we already discussed that. Okay, why? I'm asking you. So uh, here's know. here's here's my read. He's, here's my interpretation, right? Joe Mario didn't hit that ball that ball all that all that great. No, he did. That was that he got lucky. If the goalie actually would have done what I always complain about, that they just parried away, he tried to catch it. And I think his arms, he got alligator arms and, and then went through his arms. He got lucky. Yeah, so I my my thought is that at that moment Joe Mario felt I'm not feeling it. You know, you know when when you you play, you warming up. I always tell, feel it, tell, baby. You can tell when when, it's on, when you're on and when you're when you're a little bit. You know, I'm gonna tell you a little. You hear this about pitchers in baseball. There was a pitcher. Uh, I don't know if it was David Cohn. I think it was David Cohn threw a threw a no hitter with the Yankees, and he said it was the worst warm up he ever had. He couldn't. He could not hit any spots. He couldn't throw his curveball. He couldn't throw his off speed. He was just having a horrible day. And he goes out to throw a perfect. I, I think it was a no hitter. It wasn't a perfect game. It was a no hitter. Um, I've, I, me, believe it or not, sometimes, and I'm, I'm asked, but in, in my little video games, when I don't feel it, sometimes I come out and I, I play a lot better. It just, it's crazy. Dude, video it games. Like I'm joking. Not my real. Not video games. I'm talking about it real. I'm saying me, my, my life is a video game. But in terms of like playing, right? Because people are like, but dude, like there was times. Where it just felt like, oh, man, today's going to be a rough day. It's kind of like, you know, when I come here on the podcast, David, I'm like, I'm not going to talk, and then I don't shut up for three hours. It's like that. <laughs> no, I, I I think that maybe he wasn't feeling it, right? And so he said, uh, Arsenis, you take this one, right? But why Arsenis? That's the question. There's a pecking order. So, Bro, Roger did you Schmidt, see Arsenis? Listen, uh-huh. Roger Schmidt was asked at the end of the game uh-huh. about why Arsenis took the penalty kick, and he said the decision was made on the field. And that there's a list of guys that okay. take penalty kicks. Joe Mario obviously being at the top because he's our designated. So who knows? Maybe but you got Robert Lewandowski on the field, the future Robert Lewandowski, and he can't take a penalty? I don't know. Bro, did you see a hey, hey, Dave? If they had a pooper <laughs> scooper, future, if they had a foo pooper scooper, they should have used it right after hours this because my man was he was like <sighs> <sighs> my man was yo. 
He was, was just tired, man. This he guy was, runs a lot. He was though. nervous as hell, and then he but hits he that hit shit penalty. Better. He hit it better than Joe Mario. No, he did it. It was. They it hit was it the more exact base. Same. The it goalie was more, more base. The goalie was already there by the time the ball. The goalie beat him to the spot. Yeah, yeah, bro, the, come on, it's Romani. You can't take in a while. Can't, like I don't understand these guys. And I think we've seen it in the World Cup. People were messy and stuff like that with Argentina, where guys can't take two penalties in the same game. Like really, right? For real? Am I the only one that thinks that's asinine? Dave, uh, you want to that, risk there's a gotta, That's probably some sports science analytics bull baloney that. Uh, that they take the percentages. What are the per- the goalie might read your angles, and that's that's some sports. Uh, well, here's the thing, right? Bullshit. Here's a, a very I tell you, Cristiano Ronaldo is not giving that PK up. Here, here's a very basic <laughs> thing, right? Um, <laughs> he's taking it from you, bro. Hit it off your goalie's ass, it goes in, and it he's good. It's my goal. It don't matter. My goal. Um, here's the thing, right? And this is the most basic thing. If you're a lefty and you get a strong shot, it's going to go to the to your right, to the goalie's left. If you're a righty and you got a strong shot, most likely it's going to go to your left, the goalie's right. That's very, ba- that's very basic. That's a very basic thing. No, I think it's harder. See, I, I, I totally disagree. I'm, and I'm not trying to to be an asshole to it, but I took, cause I think it's harder to kick across your body than it is to just kick it forward. In my opinion, in my, my experiences, taking a penalty and plus I'm a guy, I, I, I took a step. I didn't take 50 steps, but when you come <laughs> in and you're shooting across your body, you got to hit that perfect where you just striking through the ball and getting it on goal as hard as you get. He just targets right in front of you, which is just hit it. Yeah, no, I get that. Am I right or wrong? You, I mean, when you kick to go like when a left, to like me, you're saying, if a lefty's going, he's going across his body. That's harder to do, bro. To me, the the inside of my inside of my foot was always going to my left side. Off the 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 my instep was always going to the right my right side. By the way, there is there is this thing. If if you guys, Freddy's, you guys listening at home, if you guys don't know this, if you do, good for you. If you don't, I'm teaching. you. This guy in the stars, bro. I got quiet because Alfredo's fixing the stars again. Um, there's this thing, Alfredo. They say, where, hey, guys, try this. For real, Dave, try this. Go in your backyard and, and try it tomorrow. Go take a penalty, but don't strike the ball. Act as if you're striking and just step on the ball or whatever. But pick a corner, pick a spot where you're going to kick the ball. And where your plant foot is pointing, that's where you're shooting the ball. See? Check that out. It's crazy. So Trust me, all, I've tried all, it. all those years of being friends with uh, with goalies. Oh, you got it. No, it was me. I came up with that. You came study. up with that. You think I talk to goalies? <laughs> I don't talk to goalies. So if so, I'm telling you, when you plant your foot wherever your foot's pointing, that's where you're shooting the ball. Try. I I heard about this years ago, or I tried it. I don't know what it was, and I remember trying. Like holy Did shit. But you heard that from a goalie or no? No, I think no. I only missed one, two penalties in my life. One Timmy Howard saved, and the other one I hit the crossbar. Everything else I scored. But that made it up. I made it. You know, you heard the story. You heard me talking to Timmy about it. So many I times. made up for it the next year. The first touch. So many overnight. times. Hey, man, when you when you got something to brag about, you brag about it. <laughs> Sporting prediction. Dave, I'm going to start with you since you were the winner from last week. Uh, 2-1 Benfica. Chris? I haven't thought about it. I'm going to go with... But I'm um, like 3-0. I'm leaning that way. 
I'm going to go with... Um, I like three zeros. You notice? Know I'm going to go with 2-1 also. You're leaning 3-0? Yeah. So 2.5 or 3-0? It's not going to go 2-1. You don't I'm think Sporting's going to score a goal? You don't think Paulinho's going to light it up? We're going to Paulinho. Nah, man. I, I... Paulinho's the best forward in Portuguese football. <laughs> yeah, he's been on fire against the Monks. He's right? on fire, yeah. That's what he said. They win a couple games against the Monk, because all of a sudden ah, they're going to win the championship. 2-0, 3-0. I'm stuck Robert between... Fernandes, 4 nothing. For this. Full pow. That's full pow. That, that is full pow. Now, I'm going to say, man, everybody's playing. Everybody being... If, if obviously, if nobody gets hurt against Verzin tomorrow, we should have a full squad. Enzo will be back. Rafa will be back. Um... Otamendi obviously was on a yellow card watch. He'll still be available. Um, he'll be available. Think Enzo plays tomorrow? Um, I, mean, uh, I wouldn't play Neres. I'd wrap that dude up in bubble wrap and just keep him away and be ready and fresh for next week. I said for for the weekend. Uh, I'm I'm doing three zero, Alfredo. You doing three zero? Yeah, it's one of those games that I think Benfica's gonna want to send a message. We've been playing like crap. You know, Sporting, again, we talk about this all the time. The first 15, 15 minutes are crucial. But I think about Benfica, once they get rolling, um, they're hard to stop. The only question is, can these guys get the ball on net, man? That's the question. But maybe 3-0, three, three I'm being a little bit too optimistic. But I just I get that feeling. 3-0. Three, 3-0. Zero. Three, zero. Tres bolas, a zero batatas. Wow. That's big. Yeah, I can't believe they beat me last week. On the right track, Dave. I said no Rafa, no Nersh, no uh, Enzo. No party. I it was. I thought it was going to be a much more, uh, more contested game, but the one line score line, as uh, Alfredo and I already discussed, does not uh, does not paint the full it picture of reflect. the dominance on that exactly. game. Exactly. Yeah. I, I absolutely love arsonist, but I don't understand what the hell he was doing taking that penalty. Just my my two cents. Bro, he's on the list. He's on the fucking list. He's on Let the list. Take a penalty. It, 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 and you know who was going to be after him? Chiquinho. <laughs> Chiquinho hey. strike a penalty. Apparently not better than Arsenal's. Apparently not, since he was third in line. I mean, where's Gonzalo Ramos in this? Man? The guy hit that banger in the World Cup, first touch, and now he can't take a penalty? Only Messi and Ramos scored the hat tricks in this uh, past World Cup. Messi scored a hat trick. Oh, I'm sorry, Mbappe. <laughs> you guys dream of Messi now. I dream of Messi. Yeah. Let's do something that we usually don't don't do. Looking at uh, tomorrow's papers. <laughs> João Felix Nuchelski. Right, let's start. Enzo uh, Medio Argentino re-entra nas contas Roger Smith. So Enzo back on on the field. Uh, João Felix in um, in Chelsea. Uh, then you got the appointment, Robert Martinez, appointed by the FPF as Robert. New, is it Robert? Roberto. Roberto. Sorry. Robert. Robert Martinez. Roberto <laughs> Martinez, appointed by the FPF as um, as Portugal's next coast. I don't care about what does it say? Alerta what? He said. Aguias não que? Aguias que? You got to read that. Who cares about this lesson? Aguias. I can't read that little. Aguias não vencem as. Brasil. Uh, okay. Oh, there it is. 
As últimas seis visitas à Póvoa. That's what's important. Not the rest of the other stuff. And yeah. João Félix is important. Agora, Roberto being appointed, the only guy I know that's happy is Hugo. Why <laughs> is know, Hugo so I happy? Because he says the guy's a tremendous coach, but Hugo's obviously you got know, a screw I, You know, this is not new, but, uh, you know, uh, you got he's already spoiled one good generation. <laughs> Don't let him yeah. spoil another. Um and then uh, hey what is that this is, it's the it's the karate kid move this is from yesterday's record uh and this is uh ujogu's akapa uh roberto martinez uh says that the uh the starting point is the the roster um for qatar hey. roster uh, the roster of players that made the qatar list and the captain is on the list and the jogo is right back at it with the silly tactics remember years ago every time benfica went on the road to play somebody the the next day to be in the newspaper that benfica is interested in their player you recall that years ago interested in it says now over there uh, Argentino deve ser usado hoje, mas a prioridade é o Derby. Schmidt encerra caso Enzo. And then right below it says, Sila, central do Clube Rouge, referenciado. <laughs> <laughs> so now we're buying results once again. That's basically what it is. So we're buying players ahead of, ahead of the matches so we could, you know, at least we don't play them at halftime, right? We don't pay those debts at halftime. <laughs> and crumbling stadiums. Yeah, so that's that. Uh, what what do you uh, what's everybody feeling about uh, Roberto Martinez? Not that uh, it's a topic that we want to get into it, but I, I'm I'm not a big fan of the appointment. Look, I'll tell you this I'd much: rather a Portuguese coach, man. No, Why stop, not? We stop. got much better Portuguese coaches than Roberto Martinez. Stop! I don't like the whole Portuguese coach thing. Look, there's other coaches I'd rather have. I'll say that. I don't care what nationality they are, but um, I, I will tell you this: when Benfica appointed Jorge Jesus in 2009. I was not happy. 2009, 2008, whatever the hell it was. His first appointment. Yeah, of course. I didn't say 20, 2018. That was yours. Oh, that one I was, and I was wrong. And any other one when I was mad, I was, I, I was wrong again. So <laughs> that's why I'm going to this. That I'm not happy at first sight. I am not happy about this hire. But you know what? It's done. He can't be any worse than the Velot. I mean, the Velot did win. The, didn't win a Caneco. Uh But you know. Hope uh, we gotta hope for the best and hope he proves me wrong now. What's what's Hugo's uh, argument in favor of Mark? Yeah, that he plays attractive football. Does he? That, that's what he says. But Hugo, Hugo has, has Hugo watched Belgium like and what they no. just did this. No, and Hugo Hugo has amnesia. He forgets what he tells me. Well, Belgium is uh, is an aging squad. Yes, and Portugal does have a bigger pool. But look, here's the thing. At the end of the day, and this is what I keep telling myself over the last 48 hours after this news broke, which was, yes, I am not a fan of Roberto Martinez. Yes, I am not happy that he's uh, our national team's coach. But we have to be fair. At the same time, the pool of coaches to choose from is is not very deep. You know what I mean? The best national team, I mean the best national team, the best coaches in world football all want club jobs rather than national team jobs. So, um. It is what it is. It wouldn't have been my choice, but he's here now. He That's it. Yeah. He coached Belgium. You think They're that not means a terrible team. That's a, there's a, there's going to be a change at the uh, Belgium the was ranked junior one. level for the national team. Uh, why? Because you think that Rui Jorge feels hard done? No, stop. Yeah. Yeah. Why? No, I don't think Rui Jorge any had any. I told I told you guys. Rui Jorge knows his role. Yeah, the guys would. Guys would eat him alive. 
Oh, I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't push him towards being the uh, he wouldn't be my pick for the the national coach, but maybe that's what he was hoping for. So now is he uh, a little hurt I with mean, this decision? Yeah, I mean, we'll yeah. never know, but I mean, the worst that could happen uh, to him would be be named interim coach until uh, they find a new coach. But you got official game qualifying games right uh right around the corner, March. Is it March? Right? Yeah, March. So, I mean, what do you do from now from from now until June if you're waiting for Mourinho to uh, leave Roma? Of course, the president of FPF said that the the one and only offer was for Roberto Martinez, not for Mourinho. <laughs> of course, he's gonna say that. Chris called it. So what I call that the FPF was always gonna say that uh, Roberto Martinez oh, oh, was gonna be the first choice, not Mourinho. Oh, if not they hired me and you, they would say we were the first choice. Doesn't yeah. matter. Whoever look, there's reports that they 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 sought out Zinedine Zidane. Um, as did the United States of America and, and apparently Brazil, and he turned all three of them down. I don't know if I believe any of those, but that's the word that's out on the street. Raining is saying, uh, Deschamps, would you take Deschamps over Martinez? Deschamps, he resigned anyway. He's staying with France. He's not going anywhere. He resigned another four years. So, I mean, I, I don't like Deschamps. Deschamps is a I guy. I would have taken Jardim over, over Roberto Martinez. I don't know. You know, you know. I, I mentioned this. I, I'm just not a fan of Martinez. But you know a guy that would have been okay with, with the Portuguese national team? And, and I think the guy knows how to speak, and, 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 and it's very important in that position. That's a guy like Bruno Lage. He's too, he's too green for a national team. I'm, I'm just saying. Um, That's what I think. He's too green for the national team. Um, would he would would he have had the respect? <laughs> Gomes, my man. Would he have had the respect of the players? I think he, he he's a well respected guy because he knows the game. Who? Uh, Laj. Uh, no, I don't look. It, at least in in Portugal, he's well respected, and that's all that Do matters. Do you think that Cristiano had any any uh, any say in the hiring? Uh, not this one. Not this one. No, I I think a lot of it. I think I think they made up their mind. They wanted to go foreigner because they have to deal with this Ronaldo situation. They slowly have to weed him out, and um, so you think not having a guy that's got ties. Who Roberto? Roberto is going to be the fall guy. For for for. Uh, I don't think he's going to be the fall guy. It's not my. It's, he's the coach. He's the one that decides. It's not my problem. But yeah, but at the end, yeah, if 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 he decides that. Ronaldo is no longer useful. You know, he's got no. I think Ronaldo's making that decision for him. I don't know how much useful. Ronaldo's I don't think so, Dave. I I used to think that. I don't think I don't think that's the case any longer. Saudi Arabia. I don't think Ronaldo calls his shots anymore. I will guarantee you and anybody else that Ronaldo does play another national team game. That I could guarantee you. You think one more? You think so? In a competitive a game, game a not tournament. a friendly. Oh, Dave. A I, game I, or a I, tournament? He plays. No, oh, instead of game, he plays another game. Ronaldo. As we've known, is all about records. He's tied right now with I don't know, I forget who, for 194 national team appearances. The guy from uh, Iran might be uh, Iran. He ran, we ran. Um, he might, he might be. I mean, he, he might. He is tied with him, whatever it is. I forget what the player is. Uh, for most, you know, uh, national team appearances. So he's at least, at the very least, he's gonna get one more game. And, and, and for the record, and bro, let's 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 be honest. Even if it's a friendly, Ronaldo does deserve an opportunity to say goodbye to the fans and wave and walk off on his own into the sunset. He absolutely deserves that. Ronaldo 
put Portugal on the map for many, many years. Um, oh, these stars are crooked. No, they're not. <laughs> they look fine to me. Go ahead, Chris. Finish your thought. They're, no. they're not crooked, but they're not even. Who cares? They're starting to come together. They're, Finish your thought. Uh, you do. That's my... <laughs> peeling them off the wall, and I... Keep losing my thought. Is that better, Dave? Ooh. My boy Glenn Gomes I says, what about Rui Jorge now in Lodge at the U? Forget about Rui Jorge. Rui Jorge. If Rui Jorge was on on the table, I think he would have been, <laughs> been there. <laughs> Manny will have done fix the stars. There it is. Fix the stars, bro. You aligned them. <laughs> Good job, Manny. Man, he straightened the mouth for you, bro. Everybody's worried you, about the you stars. And your, you and your cousin are on fire today. Who's his cousin? Nick. Oh, they're cousins? Yeah. How do you know? I don't know. They're, <laughs> just, it's already been established that they're not related. But Did we, a, I think we talked about coincidence that. Coincidence. First of all, Vladan was a very uncommon Portuguese name. It's like Fumasa, bro. Like Fumasas, yeah, right. <laughs> Fumasas. But you have two Vladans on a chat? There are. So this? Nick Vladan and Manny Vladan. Yeah, they're definitely related. I don't Maybe know. Maybe it's Nick with, with his with his burner account. It's burner or, or, account. or Manny with his burner <laughs> account. I don't know. One of them's got a burner account. They got different profile pictures and everything. They they of course, if you're gonna do a burner account, you're gonna do it right. Yeah, they got it right. Anyway, that's all we have for you. That's it. We'll be back. Uh, we'll be back uh, Wednesday next year. Next year. I mean, Absolutely. next week. <laughs> yeah, because I'm I'm not coming back until Tuesday. Yeah, yeah keep rubbing it in. Keep yeah. keep keep rubbing salt in Look, the there's Nick Villadon. Where? There's oh, there only he is. So many Villadons. Yeah, in the but world. one's got a um on top, and the other one's just got a. Uh, it just means that one is using a Portuguese keyboard or a European keyboard, and the other one is using a, the U.S. keyboard. Very common in Terceira. But look, they're a very common in Terceira. Yeah, that's look, true. Look, a, that, you know, a whole slew of Villadons in in the Ilha Terceira. You know what? Else, you, know, you know what else is common in Terceira? Sporting yeah, in Terceiro lugar. <laughs> Oh, they're common <laughs> too. They're, they're not in tercero lugar. Not now, but they're common <laughs> over the years. <laughs> yeah, he's just, he's just, well, I like to see Lodge back at Benfica ten years down the road. Perhaps. 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 Does it ever work though? The Dave, second time around. But Dave, here's the here's the thing, right? There's a lot of factors around Lodge that were a bit of uh, his downfall, right? First of all, it didn't didn't have the president only liked to go look at the ocean with him. Was it with him or Vitoria? That we went for a walk and Vitoria, we looked at the ocean. He saw the ocean. He saw the light. <laughs> he lit the light. I don't know. Bro. Yeah, I, I look. I think that anything that happened under Luis Flipier's uh, reign and why are we still talking about? It? I don't know. Let's go. Listen, I want to want to thank you all once again for 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 taking Absolutely. the time out and checking us out. Go to YouTube, hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. Always forget that. Do go to mine too. Ten co ten. <laughs> Dave, you got yours. Hit go the subscribe. Too, even though there's no content there, there is. What content? From like six years ago, <laughs> but there is. I have a, I have a a Tyler Adams interview. Is last year with the Red Bulls. I have Aaron Long, who's no longer with the Red Bulls. So there, there is some. I have some video. I have like a, I got like a million views, and one video's got like seven hundred thousand views. So that means the rest of the shit is garbage. <laughs> Why don't you, it, it, next thing you're gonna tell me you had uh, uh, an interview with? Uh, I did with Sven Goran Eriksson. Pashik. By the way, I was with Pashik. Was it yesterday or two days ago? I don't even remember. <laughs> yeah, yesterday, Sunday. Yeah, it was yesterday, right? Yesterday. 
Yep. Let's go. Let's get out of here. It's late. See yeah, everybody. Yes, yes, yes. Have a good week. Thanks, guys. Verzine tomorrow. Sporting on Sunday. Right, Dave? Is it Sunday That's or it? Saturday? Oh, look. It's Nick Sunday. says, keep posting on Reddit, Chris. It oh, seems Chris, to you get post on Reddit? Tra- I post everywhere, bro. <laughs> I mean, you know where I post the most on my uh, OnlyFans page? No, I'm joking. <laughs> <laughs> I got no subscribers there. Zero. Hit the like button, guys. Subscribe. Take care, everyone. Enjoy yourselves. Have a good week. Forza Benfica. Thank you.